Hello everybody, welcome to The Daily Sip. My name is Oliver and my mission is to bring you closer to organic Japanese green tea. And today we're gonna dive into a next session of the mega sample review. So we are coming to the end, slowly, slowly, but surely. And we have five teas left. And today what we're gonna dive into is a kukicha. And here we talk about the Mr. Osada or Miss Osada, the farmer of this tea. And we're gonna dive into his stem tea or so-called kukicha. As you might have seen uh, my uh, most recent video, I was talking about the Karigane, Karigane, a little bit of an upper scale, high grade stem tea, but today we're gonna really dive into the typical kukicha, which is coming from a Sencha green tea. So the typical and most spread green tea in Japan around different sources say 70 to up to 80% of the whole tea production in Japan is Sencha and actually the Kukicha is a deriv derivative, so a tea which is actually coming from the rest of the tea production. But why is this so? So when we talk about stem tea, we talk about the tea, which is a mix of stems and leaves. We were at the farm of, um, um, uh, of Marufuku, where we also have a matcha from, and they actually showed us a machine which was sorting the stem tea, so the stems from the leaves, and there you can really beautifully see how uh, the tea is separated, how the leaves are separated from the stems, or the stems are separated from the leaves. And uh, when we're talking about uh, stem tea, so it can be like this one here, that it is a nice mix around 50% stems, 50% leaves, like from Mr. Osara, but there are actually also stem teas which are much more stems than leaves, or when we talk about the Karigana or a higher grade, often then a little bit more leaves are mixed into the stems. And the stem tea is not coming from a sencha, but from either a kabusa sencha, so a shaded sencha, which is the higher upper scale sencha, or even the gyokuro, which is the so-called emperor's tea and the longest shaded tea um, or leaf tea, uh, more or less the same amount of days as the high-grade or so-called ceremonial matcha. But here we are really in the territory of uh, Kukicha and what is beautiful about the Kukicha, it is actually the lowest caffeinated green tea that exists. But only when we talk about green tea. There are certainly also lower caffeinated teas, for example, um, when we're talking about roasting tea, because the, um, the caffeine is also a little bit sensitive to heat than um, when the tea is roasted around 140 degrees Celsius, then we are getting into a territory where the green tea or the caffeinated tea is even lower. And, uh, but when we stick really to pure green tea, which is not roasted, are uh, also fermented, then we really talk about the lowest caffeinated tea. We are moving in the territory of Kukicha. And um, this one here is actually from uh, the region of, so we can have a look at it. So it is not shaded. So you see that uh, the green tea leaves are a little bit pale, but just still very, very beautiful green and the white or the white or this uh, kind of bright yellow parts of the tea are actually um, from the stems. So stems meaning that it can normally, when you go into the harvest of green tea, it depends on the farmer, but most farmers take for um, kind of the first harvest, the five highest leaves, and then these um, leaves are then used for the tea production. And um, here we talk, as I said, around 50% leaves, 
and 50% um, stems. What is also Kukicha known for is actually um, when you go in the macrobiotic um, kind of diet there, Kukicha is also promoted as a tea and is actually a tea which is suggested to be used thanks to its high mineral and also alkalizing effect. So it helps you to in uh, the detoxification or detoxifying your body also mixed with a lot of intake or with a bigger intake of water as well next or with the tea then uh, it also plays part actually into this diet and what is nice is that it's a little bit this minerality of the tea which brings it a little bit of a hay note which brings it a little bit of a late summer grass dry summer grass note a little bit of a dry note but um, and a little bit also of a stronger note that's why this is a tea or often uh, me personally either in the afternoon I'll shift from the morning tea, which could be a shaded sencha or even a gyokuro, and I'm moving more into the territory either of a roasted tea or of a kukicha, which is just lowering caffeine, a little bit strong also in flavor in my opinion, so it's not that, that strong in its kind of fine, very delicate notes, but it's quite a, a tea which has a good um, taste to it, a stronger taste to it, which allows also to it as when you have uh, been eating also several meals during the day, your palate gets a little bit less fine, you get, uh, you, it needs a little bit stronger flavors, then in my opinion also Kukicha can be a very very good tea, um, just from a taste aspect. Then. I take uh, my Kyusu today. Um, last time the Karigana was brewing it in a French press. Today we're gonna go traditional. And uh, we just take five grams of this tea and um, we're gonna use it at 70 degrees Celsius water. What is nice about uh, Kukicha actually can go higher in temperature. So I like to use maximum 70 degrees Celsius because then the water gets too high, too high and too hot for me in terms of temperature and for me then I have to wait to drink and I actually want to drink it directly so that's why I'm also using these double walled glasses from Bodum. This keeps the tea quite hot so it doesn't cool down too fast. That's why I can also use 70 degrees Celsius water. So here we talk about 165 Fahrenheit, more or less maximum 170. But as I said, if you like hotter teas, if you really are that person that needs hot tea with Kukicha, you can absolutely do it. You have to know the higher you go with the temperature, then uh, the, you're triggering a little bit more the stringency of the tea. But with Kukicha, as it is a mix of stems and leaves, this astringency shouldn't get too strong um, in comparison of a pure leaf sencha. So that's why you also can push this tea a little bit more with the temperature. And then you can also brew it a little bit uh, with less time. Some people even say that they re take really hot water, but only for 10 seconds. That's not a possibility, but just normal, I would say 165 Fahrenheit, 70 degrees Celsius, and then we brew it for one minute. So now this minute is through, so we're just gonna try this tea. Try to shake out the last drops, not that we continue to brew the tea in the Kyusu. So you can see here the stems, very beautiful. That's also always an image I like very much because it's just a very beautiful tea. Aesthetic-wise, it's actually said that stem teas are not the most beautiful and also in early times the farmers had to take out the stems from the leaves, even with, chop with chopsticks 
Um, in the early times nowadays, we have the machine, as we saw before, from uh, the Marofuku production. Um, here, um, this tea was mostly kept by the farmers and then they used it and they drank it themselves. Still, uh, nutrition-wise, a very great tea, but just from the view, it didn't have this beautiful dark, only green color. So definitely uh, a tea which was first a little bit established with the farmers, but over time then found its way to the Japanese tea consumer. Also, given to the fact that it's a little bit lower in price. When we look at the color um, here, you see it's not this typical kind of green uh, color which you can get from, uh, for example, um, from uh, the um, Fukamushi, so deep steamed tea, which can have this very beautiful, intense green color. Mm. Um, here we are more moving a little bit in a golden, nearly a little bit yellowish color. Um, this is driven especially by the stems which um, are in the tea. So let's take a smell the leaves. So we really get this a little bit more uh, kind of nearly uh, a little bit toasty flavors, even though this um, tea is not toasted, kind of these drier stems really give this a little bit of a cereally tone. And even get a slight, slight chocolatey tone, but very, very kind of milk chocolate more. And uh, get a sweet corn as well, but more a little bit of this um, kind of straw, hay, sweet corn flavor. So quite an interesting tea in terms of just giving kind of a more um, this cereally tone with um, kind of the taste of the, or the smell of the leaves after the first brewing. Now let's go flavor-wise. What we know when we drink Sencha, we always have this typical green, kind of not, not too much kind of dried grass, kind of fresh grass, cucumber, spinachy notes with it. For example, with the Fukamushi, especially in the second notes where we go from a more fruity to a more vegetal note and especially pushing a little bit this fresh spinachy note. And now I'm curious to see how the first brewing. What is very, very beautiful now with the first brewing, and this is also a little bit thanks to the little bit lower temperature, which I'm used, or which I used for this tea, is that there's a little bit, even a caramel note, with it so there's a smooth kind of this cereally note a little bit it reminds me all the time just a little bit uh going in the territory of the rice crispies but not as intense as for example again like in which is mixed leaves or leaves mixed with roasted rice but more kind of a, a small decent kind of cereal note maybe it also gets a little bit in the direction of um cornflakes as well So we get a little bit of this corn, we get a little bit of this smooth smoothness. It is a little bit drier, it is less kind of intense full bodied than for example uh, deep steamed tea or a long shaded sencha which nearly gives a little bit of more density to um, the liquid thanks to the richness also especially of the L-theanine which is an amino acid. Here we have a nice balance of different minerals, but also of L-theanine, which is coming through the stems to the leaves. So it is not that intense in its kind of in the viscosity. So it's not a thicker tea, thicker liquid, but it definitely pushes a little bit on the sweet corn notes, which I was describing before.
Mm -hmm. But it's actually pretty nice. The, this tea now, it has been a long time since I drank it the last time. It is a little bit on the drier side. So you have a little bit after you have uh, you drank it, you have a little bit of a tingling on uh, the palate. So on the tongue, it's a little bit drier, not so smooth, not so sweet. But before it nearly have, has a little bit of a cashewy, um, creamy notes and then moving into these more cereal tones. So in comparison to Essentia, it's not that intense also in this umami flavor, so a little bit this savory flavor profile, but it is moving more around the cereal tones. Um, uh, sweet corn I get also a little bit, but more kind of a, of a, of a lighter sweet cereal tone and not drifting off in the sweet corn in too much into these umami taste notes. When we do a second brewing, this is going to be very simple. Only 20 seconds, more you don't need. You can even brew it at 10 seconds. The leaves are now open in the first brewing so you can pour it directly so you don't even have to give it 20 seconds and you see beautiful color also in the second brewing now i'm curious to see how the taste changes from the first to the second normally um, i expect it now to lose a little bit in the cereal tones to lose a little bit in um, in this uh, stronger um, flavor of uh, these haitian notes and i Kind of expect the tea which is a little bit more balanced and it gets a little bit lighter so it was a little bit more in the cereal hay tone now i even get a slight note of popcorn so it gets lighter it gets um, not that intense so this intensity then transforms a little bit from this late summer grass more cereal, nearly cornflakesy note to um, a little bit more uh, slight of popcorn, fine popcorn notes. So quite interesting. So it really plays around um, a bit these cereal corn notes. So much more kind of in this territory instead of this more uh, savory, intense um, kind of uh, umami notes, which are more also supported by vegetal notes like spinach, um, even a little bit more of fresh cut grass notes and here we are really more in the territory of kind of a cereal um, corn note, late summer grass maybe, a little bit of hay notes. So that's the main difference between Essentia and, um, and this one here, the Kukicha. This now in the second hour, it's, it really moved more into a sweeter territory, which is surprising to me, but it definitely shows more of kind of a, you have with the popcorns when you eat them, even when you take salty ones, you have a little bit of this nice kind of sweet hints with it. And this is what I get a lot now in the second brewing. So a little bit the stronger flavor, it withdraws a bit and um, it kind of changes uh, more into a lighter sweet note, nice balanced, but I don't get too many kind of vegetal notes or um, kind of these cucumbery notes. So it really stick, sticks 
around this nice cereal but lighter corn notes I would say and with this lighter notes also comes in a small sweetness. So quite an interesting tea, you can definitely brew this um, for a third time, even for a fourth time. So the tea really stays also in terms of taste. It stays very on a similar level, gets a little bit lighter in terms of a lighter sweetness, but still has a lot of character now in the second brewing and it will definitely have a good note in the third. So never forget with Japanese green tea, you can brew it also a second, third or even a fourth time, depending on, um, on the tea itself. And depending is even when the taste goes down, there are sometimes quite interesting sugary notes coming out. So um, definitely worth to brew this at least three to maybe even four or five times. Okay, so thanks a lot for watching. I hope you like this one here. This was the Kukicha from Mr. Osada from the region of Shizuoka. And uh, if you ever have a question, please feel free uh, to leave a comment to ask us anything. You can reach us on Instagram, TikTok, here on YouTube or also um, on Twitter. Thanks a lot for watching, see you and bye bye.